0: Alright, well go ahead and take your Bibles and go to Matthew chapter 5 this morning. Matthew chapter 5. subject I want to preach on this morning I think is very important. I, want, I, want to, I don't know if I want to call this an exhortation or if I want to call this a message of rebuke, but um, there is something that... And I'm not saying that y'all are being bad on this, but but you might be. We don't know. I know we've got a good, pretty good spirit around here and a pretty good attitude. But at the same time, um, something that we need to remember. And this might seem like a weird thing to yell at you about, but we need to make sure that we are happy. Alright? Y'all need to be happy happy all right i'm just telling you if, you if you're not happy today you need to get happy real quick okay you need to be happy and we all and you know that sounds crazy because like uh, i can't help it if i'm not happy if i'm not happy it's because of all these different circumstances and situations things that aren't my fault that are beyond my control and we like to blame everybody else for our lack of happiness many times but you know what you can't control what everybody else in the world does can you and the Bible actually tells us how we can be happy people. And you know what? I've decided I am not going to leave my happiness up to other people, what other people do, because I like being happy. And here's the thing too, you, I need to be happy. Okay? And you need to be happy. The world needs you to be happy. Your family needs you to be happy. This church needs you to be happy people. And so will you all just get happy? And I know it's... Yep. And I know it sounds, you know, it's easier said than done. It's easy to yell at somebody about that, but this is important, and I'm, I'm, you know, presenting it to you this way because I want y'all to realize that this is something that you all, you do have some control in, and you really need to get this way. I know some people are happiest when they're miserable. Okay, there are some people I think they love misery. You know, y'all you heard the statement too. You know, misery loves company, and they like to make everybody miserable with them too. And I'm, folks. There's plenty of that in the world. The world doesn't need any more of that. Okay? I like to fill in the gaps. I like to you know, go where I'm needed and be where I'm needed. And we need, we need happy people, folks. You all really need to be happy. If you're not happy, you need to get your act together and get happy. So how, how do we do that? How can we be happy? Well, go to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to go through some of these things here real quick and then talk a little bit more about why it's so important that you're happy. But in this is what this passage we're going to look at. It's what's known as the Beatitudes. And it says there's a lot of blesseds in there. And the term blessed just means happy. Okay? You know, a person who's blessed is happy. And you know, so if you uh, want to be happy, you, know, you need to be blessed. Well, how are you going to be blessed? Well, you've got to do these things that the Bible says. And some of these things that we're going to see in here, they, don't, they go against the very things that we think will make us happy. Most people in here, if you were honest today, and told us the reasons that you weren't happy, it's going to be things like, well, I don't have enough money. you know, and, Or what you'll talk about maybe a lot of the problems that you're facing in life. And many times the things that the Bible says will make us happy are the very things that we let make us miserable. And the very things that we think will make us happy, the Bible says will make us miserable. So y'all need to just... If you really do want to be happy, if you're serious about this thing... Okay, I mean, y'all want to be happy? Who wants to be happy? Okay, y'all, y'all want to be happy? I know it sounds like a dumb question, but some of you are honest. You would say, no, I like being miserable way too much. And There's a lot of people like that. But look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. It says, "...and seeing the multitudes, he went up into the mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying... Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, remember, this is Jesus talking here. This is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. I'm stealing Jesus' message, okay? So don't get down on me if you don't agree with this. This isn't my preaching you don't agree with. This is Jesus' preaching that you don't agree with. Just remember that. And he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Okay, blessed. Happy. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What does that mean to be poor? In spirit, because there's a lot of people that are poor in spirit. We see that in this time of the holidays. As far as oh, I'm so poor, I can't you know buy my kids everything they want. You know, I'm so poor, you know, I can't you know spoil my children even more rotten than they're already spoiled. Is that what the Bible's talking about? Well, not exactly. But the poor in spirit are really those who are humble, those who are lowly in mind. You know, conscience of ignorance and unworthiness. And I believe the reason so many are unhappy today is they 've got this "I deserve" mentality that 's why people get miserable this time of year. You ought to have fun this time of year. You ought to be creating good memories this time of year. You ought to be happy this time of year, but you, all, you watch commercials all day long, you, know, you listen to the radio, you hear about all these things that you don 't have, you 're convinced you deserve these things. I should have you know, what everybody else has. I should have more than what everybody else has, and you get miserable. You go on Facebook and on Christmas day and you see all these things people are posting they're all showing all these Christmas presents they got that were better than the ones you got and you go feeling sorry for yourself. You can't even enjoy the day because you're comparing yourself to everybody else and according to the Bible the blessed person, the person who is happy is the one who's poor in spirit, who has who's lowly in their mind, who's humble. And if you're if you have some humility, if you're humble, you're not going to have a problem with the fact that maybe you've got the junkiest car, maybe you live in the smallest house, maybe you wear the cheapest clothes, maybe you got the least for Christmas. But if you are like the Bible says, if you have if you have that poor in spirit attitude, then you're going to be happy with anything that you get. Do you realize how much? Many people are going to spend on Christmas this year just to be miserable. It's crazy. You know who they say spends the most usually on Christmas? Our parents are parents that are going through divorces. It's like they think, this will help my kids be happier. This will help my kids have a good Christmas. When you know what your kids would love more than anything is for a happy mom and dad on Christmas. And you think you're going to fix it. You know, you're going to fix you know, tearing the family apart by buying them a bunch of video games and expensive toys. I'm telling you right now, that's just dead wrong and people are falling for it. And maybe if you just had some humility, you know, were lowly in mind, you would actually be happy like the Bible says. You would appreciate things you get. You would enjoy the things you get, and you can have—you'll have more fun on Christmas than some of the millionaires will. And you know, it's sad. People are so spoiled these days. I, mean, you know, I don't want to get off on a rabbit trail here, but you know, churches anymore—they become nothing but, you know, one more charitable organization that just gives stuff away to people. And this time of year. We get a lot of phone calls. People want us to give stuff away, give money away. I mean, it's it's amazing some of the things that you know. I got asked this week if we give away lift chairs for people, and it's like, where do we get a lift chair? And if anybody has a lift chair, I can help this person out. But you know, and if, if we don't have one, you know, do we give money so they can buy one? Well, good night. Can you imagine if we did and that got out? Boy, we would <laughs> we'd run out of money real quick. But that's what everybody thinks. And I remember, you know, I I had a dad one time that called and. He has three teenagers that's not going to have a Christmas this year and wanted us to take care of it. And it's like, you know, first of all, I don't know who this guy is from Adam. Yeah. But second of all, do you know what most teenagers expect these days for Christmas? I mean, do you realize I could have given that guy $100 a piece for each of those three kids, 300 bucks, and those kids would have felt like victims after what he bought them. Because they want iPads, they want laptops, they want cell phones that cost $400. I mean, it's crazy what teenagers want these days. And you know what? We need to get some people that have that poor in spirit attitude that will just be humble, that don't feel like they have to, you know, keep up with everybody, that have what everybody does on TV, and just, I believe those people will be the happiest people. So if you want to be happy, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn. For they should be comforted. Now, what does that mean? You know, blessed are they that mourn. Now, who likes mourning? Okay, and most of the commentaries I've read on this, you know, they pretty much all agree. This is talking about mourning over sin. Okay, when you're sorry for your sins, you know, you can be forgiven. We should mourn over sin. When you do, you're going to be comforted. If you're sorry for your sins, if you call on the Lord for salvation, He will forgive you of those sins, won't He? But you know what? We live in a society today that is not mourning over sin. They are celebrating sin. Our society today, one of the reasons it's so miserable, one of the reasons there is so much drug use going on, so much alcoholics, uh, there are so many people committing suicide. We hear more and more about mass shootings is because people are miserable. All these mass shootings that you hear about that are going on, these people have no intention of coming out alive from those things. This is just a new way of suicide. It's a way that you can kill yourself and then everybody will talk about you finally. And these people, they do this. Okay, The the reason people are doing this is our country is deep in sin. And we ought to be mourning over that. And the deeper we get in sin, the more miserable we're going to get, the the farther downhill we're going to slide, the more we're going to see these things. And we ought to be mourning over the sin that's in this country. If we ought to be saddened by what we see, and when those who are that hate sin, that are saddened by sin, God blesses those people. He'll comfort those people. Y'all remember what he remember what he said about Job in the Bible? He is a man that fears God and is choose evil. He hated evil, and God loved that about Job. And Job was a very blessed man. He was a man who hated evil. And Throughout the Bible, you'll see references to, you know, that that is one thing that pleases God. Those who hate evil. You know, those who love the Lord hate evil. We need to hate sin. We need to mourn over sin. And many times, people were so anxious to just be a part of the crowd to just you know, do what everybody else is doing. We see the whole world accepting more and more sin. And it's like, you know what? I might as well, I might as well do it too just so I can be happy. And you know what? It's not going to make you happy. It's going to make you miserable. You're not going to, you're not going to get comforted. If you, can, if you do not mourn over your sin, you will end up going into sin. And you think God's going to comfort you in your sin? No, the Lord's going to afflict you in your sin. He's going to chasten you in your sin. And if you want to be happy, you need to be a person that mourns over sin. It ought to sadden you. It ought to make you sick. And that type of, God blesses that. And you say, well, I can't help but This stuff doesn't bother me. Well, maybe a lot of the sins don't bother you because you watch it on television so much. You know, If you let all that filth go into your head all the time, all day long, it's going to affect you and things aren't going to bother you anymore. And unfortunately, people are just very desensitized to a lot of the sins that's going on in this world because they watch it on television so much. And now, we don't even think nothing of it. It doesn't even affect us anymore. I mean, we're to the point in this country now when you hear about another mass shooting. Oh well, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't pray about it. It doesn't bother us. No one sheds a tear over it. I mean, I remember when it used to be shocking. Now it's not shocking anymore. We're used to it, and we should be mourning over sin. Also, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. You know, meekness that basically it's patience in the reception of injuries okay meekness that's something that you know that's a strength that's under control okay that's somebody you know if you might have the ability if i do you wrong you might have the ability to just beat the tar out of me okay but if you're meek you won't do it okay? you might you might be the type of person you know I'm the type of person that i can i can tell somebody off really good if i want to you know, I, you know, as a preacher, you're usually pretty quick with the tongue, aren't you? And you know, and it gets us in trouble sometimes too. But I mean, you know, I I know some good insults. I can go at it with the best of them on the yo mama jokes. I know all that stuff. If I need to intimidate somebody, I can just switch the Chuck Norris jokes into stuff about me, and I can talk real tough, real fast. But you know what? Sometimes you got to just take the hit. Sometimes you have to take the hurt. You've got to just maybe let someone win. Because you're not going to accomplish anything by you know, defeating them in the argument. And the Bible says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And I think, that's, I think that's an important thing. I think meekness is a good thing to look for in leaders. Moses, one of the greatest leaders that ever lived, was, the Bible says, the meekest man that had ever lived. I think we ought to look for meekness in a leader. In a leader. And so, you know, who's a good example of that? Well, if you want a good opposite of it, Donald Trump. That he's like the opposite of meekness, okay? And boy, he really talks a good game, but you know what? That's uh, that's not impressive. That is not the sign of a good leader. And we need, uh, I believe, good leaders are people that have meekness. But then, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they shall be filled. Now you all know what hungering and thirsting is, okay? Uh, we, our attitude, our moods are controlled many times by whether we're hungry or thirsty. Whenever we're hungry or thirsty, we will do whatever we have to do to take care of that. We will go through drive-through and spend, you know, large amount of money for junk. We will stop at a gas station and you know spend a large amount of money for junk that we don't really need. Why? Because we've got a little hunger, a little bit of thirst going on, and we make sure that we fill it. We do whatever we have to. And the Bible says if we hunger and thirst after righteousness, we'll be filled. And you know why many people aren't filled with righteousness right now? Because they're not hungry or thirsty for it. And you know what? You need to get hungry or thirsty for it. You know, it's like I don't like like healthy food. That's why I eat all the junk food. I don't like healthy food either. But you know what? If you quit eating the junk food, eventually, the healthy food's going to taste good. I Think about it. When you're really, really, really thirsty, what tastes the best? Water does. Cold water tastes the best when you're really thirsty. And if you would actually let yourself get really, really hungry, healthy food would taste good. And you know why righteousness doesn't sound good? Because we're filling ourselves with all the junk of the world we're filling ourselves with sin and you know what if you would just go on a fast of that stuff go on a diet from sin you're going to start getting hungry for something else and pretty soon you'll be hungry and thirsting for righteousness and if you do that you'll be happy okay going after sin we think certain sins are going to be what makes us happy but they're not you're going to they're going to make you miserable and there's a lot of scriptures we could go to show that we're not going to do that but blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy." You know why many people are grumps today? You know why many churches are miserable places that have terrible spirits? Because they have bitterness in their life. They're angry at someone. Somebody made them mad. Something happened. And they've got bitterness in their heart and they just won't let it go and they're miserable. Well, maybe if they would just be merciful. If they would forgive those people. If they would, you know, and mercy is more than just forgiving, it's doing good at the same time. It's doing good to those who don't deserve it. That's what mercy is, okay? You just forgiving, that's not mercy. You just doing good to those who deserve it, that's not mercy. Mercy is doing good to those who don't deserve it. That's what being merciful is. And the Bible says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. So not only. Will you be happy if you're giving mercy? But it's going to make you happier because you're receiving mercy at the same time. So you know what? We need happy people. And I'm sure all of you have got people that you're mad at that you allow to make you miserable. You need to get over it. You need to let it go. Because we need happy people. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Those who are not merely externally moral but whose motives and thoughts are pure. Okay, There's a lot of people, they've purified themselves on the outside. You look good on the outside, but on the inside, you're dirty. Just like those Pharisees. Okay, Pharisees would have been very well-respected, prominent members in any Baptist church because they had all the outside stuff just like it was supposed to. But Jesus said, you know what? Your insides are ugly. I mean, it's your mouth is an open sepulcher. I mean, you're full of dead men's bones. You know, I mean, he, he used all kinds of terms like that. And the pure in heart. You're pure on the inside. That will make you happy. And once again, uh, if you're just watching filth all the time, you're going to struggle with that. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Okay, Somebody who tries to prevent contention and strife and war. Those are going to be, those are the good ones. You know, those who use their influence to reconcile opposing parties, those are the peacemakers. Okay? In, in church today, there's a lot of gossips. There's a lot of people that like to stir things up. Okay? A peacemaker, there's somebody, they're going to try to help get that thing resolved. They're at least going to make sure. That if a rumor comes their way, it's going to stop with them. They're not going to go around spreading that rumor. They're trying to make peace. They don't like conflict. And the Bible says those are the happy people. And have you ever noticed gossips are some of the most miserable people in the world? They they just really are. And so peacemakers, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, that doesn't sound like something that will make you happy, but it says, Blessed are they which are persecuted. And to persecute means literally to pursue, follow after, as one does a fleeing enemy. You know, here it means to vex or oppress one on account of his religions. Okay, now what are we taught to do if you get persecuted for your religion? Okay, what are we taught to do nowadays? Well, man, we've got to get a protest going. I mean we gotta go we gotta go do a lawsuit. I don't know if y'all heard about that one Muslim kid that had made that clock and got in all kinds of trouble. And that was ridiculous. But at the same time, he got to meet the president as a result of that. I mean he got all kinds of fame and attention. And I just heard the other day his parents now are trying to sue the school for like millions of dollars. It's like, you know what? Get over it. All right. Yeah, you got treated unfair, but everybody's more than made up for it. And you know what? Christian people sometimes get caught up into that. You know, it's bad enough the homosexuals are doing it. It's bad enough, you know, the different races are doing it. But Christians, we're going to get persecuted. The Bible says we're blessed if that happens. Why don't we let the Lord take care of those things? I'm not going to go to some heathen court to try to fix these disputes because we get discriminated against. Get over it, all right? Listen, if it's if nothing happens, all right, if it's if it's Bad enough. I mean, if you got treated so bad, you know, just help yourself with this. Think about the battle of Armageddon when Jesus comes on a white horse, all right? He's going to take care of them, all right? They're going to get taken care of. And the Bible says you're blessed when it happens to you. It says in Luke when he tells the same, when he's preaching the same message, he says, leap for joy. He doesn't say, you know, go start a march. You know, call up Jesse Jackson, you know, call up Al Sharpton or, you know, Mike Huckabee. He's kind of the one that does this stuff for Christians and go protesting. You know what? Just get over it and don't be one of these bitter, miserable, you know, people on the bullhorn, you know, carrying signs. That is, I mean, I'm all for protesting. You know, I understand. You know, we have the right to do that in this country. But let me tell you something. That whole thing has been hijacked by just the biggest losers in the world and just the biggest you know, victims. And as Christians, we are overcomers. Okay, we are overcomers. When the Antichrist makes war with the saints, the Bible says he is going. The Bible says in one passage that he is going to prevail over them. In other words, he's going to succeed in killing them. But you know what it says in Revelation? It says that they, talking about the martyrs, they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb. How did they overcome Him? They loved not their lives, even unto the death. Even if they kill us, we beat them. All right? We don't beat them when we win in court. Okay? We beat them when we do the right thing no matter what they do to us. And the Bible says, blessed are ye when you're persecuted. But what do we do when we're persecuted? We bawl, we cry. Christians, somebody maybe you know points out the way they dress, the way they act, they get all scared, they cower in a corner, they cry, they act like they're the most persecuted people in the world, they're miserable. The Bible says not to do that. Blessed are ye when you are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Okay? So just start believing the Bible and be happy when it happens. Okay? Be happy. And notice it says also though, for righteousness' sake. Okay? Because there's a lot of Christians that suffer persecution, but it's not because they're Christians, it's because they're just sorry people. Okay? Now listen, if you're if you haven't even got the character to show up for your job, when you get fired, they didn't fire you because you're a Christian. They fired you because you're a crummy worker. And I've seen this with you know with minorities sometimes, they will be pathetic and they get fired because they're pathetic and they want to say oh it's because you know they're racist no it's because you're pathetic all right and and there's and you know what there are some christian people that are pathetic that i mean they're terrible workers so, i mean some of the last people i would ever want working for me are some christian people that i know and if you get fired because you're a crummy worker don't chalk it up to religious persecution it's because you know you're just a sorry worker and it says Blessed when you're persecuted for righteousness' sake. So if you got persecuted because you were sorry, um, you know, don't claim that scripture. That's not for you. That's for righteousness' sake. And then it says in verse 11, kind of along with that, "Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake." Notice the falsely. Remember that. You know, just because you're a Christian and somebody says something bad about you, you know, it might be true. If your neighbor says, you know, you're a dirty, rotten so-and-so, that might be true. You know, if your if your boss says you're lazy, that might be true. Okay, you don't get blessed then. You get blessed when it's falsely. But what do we throw the biggest fit for these days? It's when we're lied about, don't we? Boy, people throw a fit. How dare they do that? I'm going to sue them for libel. I mean that slander. The Bible says you're blessed when that happens. And look, I don't believe we ought to go trying to provoke persecution. Okay? I don't believe we ought to do that. I understand we're blessed when we're persecuted, but I'm not going to provoke it, okay? I'm not going to go out there and, you know, on purpose try to, you know, tick off a certain group just so they'll persecute me, okay? but I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do, and if they come along and persecute, so be it. I'm blessed then, but I don't believe we ought to try to provoke it. And a lot of times, some Christian people, it's like they try to do those things, and that's not what we're doing. We're doing what we're supposed to do, and you know, we might get persecuted, but that's okay. The Bible says, Bless. Verse 12 says, Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. I believe if we fully understood what our reward was going to be, we would rejoice when we're persecuted. You know, and I've used this illustration before, but, you know, we all have you ever been watching a football game, and these guys are out there playing in the cold, they're playing in the snow. And you'll hear people, oh man, I feel so sorry for them. That must really stink playing in the cold like that. Well, if you saw what those guys get paid, you wouldn't feel sorry for them anymore. You know, oh, I feel so... Man, did you see how hard that guy got hit? All oh, these poor football players, they're getting concussions and it's giving them problems. I feel so sorry for them. You know, they have rights too. Listen, they're getting paid really good money. You know what? I would take a concussion for a few million dollars. I, I would right now. Uh, and if it would get me enough money, I'd do it. And I don't feel sorry for them. Okay, Nobody makes them play football. They, don't, they volunteer to do that. So let them do it. I don't feel sorry for them. I don't feel sorry for boxers. I don't feel sorry for UFC fighters. These people get paid good money, and nobody makes them do it. Okay. And listen, the rewards are great. So we don't feel sorry for them. And we don't need to feel sorry for each other when we're persecuted for righteousness' sake, because great is our reward in heaven. You're going to be well paid, so don't feel sorry for yourself. God sees what is going on, and He's keeping track, and you will be well rewarded one of these days. So stop feeling sorry for yourself. Stop being miserable because of these things. We as believers, we have been called to spread the Gospel. We've been called to be an influence to make a difference and we need to be happy. No one wants to listen to a grump. No one wants to listen to miserable people. And you know what? Many you know uh, many Christians are wondering. You know why are we losing the next generation? You know there's Christian parents. You know, man, I I raised my kids in church. I sent them to a Christian school. I did all these things for them. And as soon as they grew up, they left the house and you know they got away from God. Well, maybe it's because they were running from a miserable place. Do you ever think about that? Because man, I'm telling you, I know some Christians. They are miserable, but people they, they they want to follow those that are happy. They want to follow those who have who have joy in their life, and they like people that are, that are confident. Okay, and unfortunately, many people, uh, many Christians, they're. They're just miserable. They're not somebody that you want to be around. You don't get joy being around them. Ephesians chapter 5, and verse 18 says, "...and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ." As believers, we have something to sing about. We ought to have a song in our heart. We ought to be singing and making melody not just from our mouth, but in our hearts. If we have if you're singing these songs that we sing in your heart, you're going to be happy. You can't sing have have victory in Jesus in your heart and be sad, can you? I mean there's now some of this country music you're listening to, you know that, you know about being drunk and your mom getting run over by a reindeer or run by a train you know, I, I don't listen to most of that stuff, but I, you know, I'll, I'll hear some of it out there sometimes. And it's like, I know why people are so miserable. I mean, at work sometimes, some of the music that they play, it literally sounds like demon-possessed girls screaming. I mean, it, it's, it's that bad. These people are just screaming. And I'm just like, no wonder people are so miserable. They were playing this when we went in the other morning. They were playing this music, and I told one worker, I was like, man, this sounds like something I would listen to right before I blew my head off." I that's what it, it's like. Like this is suicide music. Oh, this is good stuff. Yeah, no. no, it's not. This is ridiculous. And you know what? If you have that in your heart, you are going to be a miserable person. You're going to be a perverted person. I mean, you're going to have all kinds of issues. That's why you need to be listening to good music. It'll help you be happy. It'll help you have a song in your heart. And it will show in your countenance. It will show in everything about you. And people are going to be more likely to listen to you. Because pretty soon, all that trash that they've got going in their head, it's going to catch up with them. And they need to see people that are different. They need it, the Bible says, you know, we need to be a light. Let them see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And it also says in that passage we read, giving thanks to Christ. We need to be thanking God. We need to be giving him the glory for all these things. And you know, praising God. And maybe people, you know, maybe there's something about what they're into. Maybe there's something about that church. Everybody I meet from Liberty Baptist Church, man, they seem like just the happiest people. They're just some of the nicest people. But if we're just some of the most mean, judgmental, snobby, whatever, nobody's going to want to come here. But if we're just happy people that people enjoy being around, we just might might make a difference. People, they follow those who are committed, 1 Corinthians 15.58 says, "You know, Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye you know, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. When they see us committed to a project, when they see us committed to a cause, people, people want a cause. You know, why do you think people just go crazy over these politicians? People want to have something to get excited about. They want to be a part of something big, a part of a movement, a part of something that's going to make a difference, that's going to make the world better. And the best people in the world at you know, given, at least given the illusion that they have something to work towards are politicians. And people will. I mean, I, I, I went to a thing one time. Uh, with uh, with Rick Santorum when he was running for president, you know, and I I liked him okay and everything, but you know when he when he got there and he he jumped out of his car and a lot of people started cheering, I was like, oh, there's Rick Santorum. I didn't I didn't get excited. <laughs> I I really didn't. I mean, I, I was planning on voting for him and everything, but I wasn't real excited about him. But a lot of people were. I mean, if I heard Donald Trump was going to be here in town, I would probably make a small effort just to go watch just to see if he says something stupid. I mean, I, I might go uh, with a lot of them. Most of them I, I probably wouldn't even care you know, care for. But there's a few I would go watch. I'd like to hear what they had to say. But, you know, I'm not excited about any of them because I know what they're trying to accomplish isn't, isn't that great. But here's the thing, though. It sure sounds like it when you hear them saying it. They're good at making people think that what they're that they are going to make a difference, that they're going to make America great again. I mean, think about it. Donald Trump. One of the first things he said when he had to run for president, "The American Dream is dead." <laughs> I, love, I love how he said it. And yet, somehow, he took that and he's inspired hope in all these people. And I mean, he's leading in the polls, and everybody's excited about him. And you know, I I'm not okay, but people are because. I guess he's got away with them. And sometimes, as Christians, we think our way is being miserable, being grumpy, you know, having a sorry attitude. And, you know, as the Bible tells us how to be happy, everyone wants to be happy. People want they want to have joy in their life. We've got to be consistent. You know, the Bible talks about you know the double minded man is unstable in all his ways. You know, Ephesians chapter four fourteen. You know talks about let you know not to uh, we're not to let ourselves be children tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. We need to be consistent. We need to be committed. And if we will follow the Word of God, if we will take these things literally and do them. We will be the happiest people in the world, and we just might be able to make a difference. Your fam your kids are going to want to continue, you know, living the type of life that you have raised them in. If it's a happy home, if we are a happy church, people aren't going to be trying to find the escape hatch, trying to figure out how to get out of here. They're going to want to be here. But we've got to be happy. And I know this sounds like a crazy thing to yell at people about, but listen, people these days, I think enjoy being miserable and they're not accomplishing anything and we need you to be happy figure out how to be happy you know do whatever you have to do to be happy there's nothing wrong with you searching for happiness and going after happiness just don't let the devil deceive you you know don't let him convince you that you'll be happier by getting away from God and going after the things of this world. Okay? Don't let your flesh deceive you. If you want to just be miserable, you know what you need to do? Follow your heart. I, I, I rant about this all the time. Just follow your heart. Okay. You know, if you want your girls to be miserable... You know, raise them with watching, you know, all these stupid Disney princess movies, teaching them to follow their heart. Just follow your heart. And you know, some people, they, you know, some parents, I've I've heard them do. Parents, they know so little about the Bible. They know so little about life. You know, their kids come to them with these problems. You know, mom, I I can't figure. You know, my boyfriend wants to move in with me, and I don't know if it's the right thing to do. What should I do? Just follow your heart. Oh, mom, thank you, stead You're so wise. You're so wonderful. No. <laughs> You're a terrible parent. Okay? What does the Bible says in Jeremiah 17, 9? The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked who can know it. You know, and and I, I love saying that. Following your heart is stupid. It's bad advice. It's foolish. People are like, what? Cinderella wouldn't lie to me. You know? I mean, Disney wouldn't you know, Disney wouldn't lie. Yeah, they would. You know, and maybe they just don't know. All right, they're foolish. We ought to know better. You're not going to be happier by following your heart. If I followed my heart when it came to everything I eat, I'm usually, you know, leaning towards the junk, the things I shouldn't eat. You know, when it comes to just the things that bring our our flesh pleasure, it's usually things that we shouldn't have, and we know better as Christians. And so, if we would quit following our hearts and start following the Word of God that and that takes faith. Okay, that's called faith. If we would do that, we will be the happy people and maybe we'll start making a difference. And so, I'm as a, as your pastor today, I just want to challenge you to have a merry Christmas, all right? You know? be happy this Christmas. Your family needs you to be happy. You, know, you need to make a difference and so you need to have a Merry Christmas. Go be happy this year. In 2016, let this be your happiest year. Will you please be happy? Your family needs you to be happy. Your neighbors need you to be happy. The world needs you to be happy. This church needs you to be happy. I need you to be happy. Okay, And so, please, do it. The Bible just told us how to do it. And it's the opposite of what most people are doing. Most people are following their heart and they have no faith. They're disobedient to the Word of God. Stop following your heart. Be obedient to the Word of God and you will be blessed. Now, please, go out, folks, and get a blessing. Be blessed. Be happy. So let's all stand together right now. heads bowed.